This is the voice of the Report of the Week, signing on. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone listening. This is VORW International, the voice of the Report of the Week. It is Thursday, the 19th of September, 2019, the year being. And welcome to this newest broadcast of VORW International. Oftentimes, it is a weekly talk program, uh, often running about an hour in length. As I always like to say, sometimes it goes a little bit over, sometimes a little bit under. Sometimes we're right on the money, but that doesn't usually happen. And it's a miscellaneous talk program, free form, where uh, just every single week is a different subject. Sometimes I will kind of hone in on current events. Sometimes I will focus more on moral, philosophical issues. Sometimes I will talk about conspiracies, UFOs, cryptids, and uh, as I always like to just say very broadly, the interesting stuff. So every week is a different show. But again, free-form discussion, and oftentimes I, I invite and I encourage your feedback. We'll read some emails, we'll get to some of your submitted audio feedback, and it's just a good place to view and digest and uh, receive different viewpoints and opinions and uh, go from there when it comes down to issues. So I hope everything is going well for you this week. I know it's been another week making it through uh, the month of September. Soon it's going to be 2020, isn't it? It's incredible. It's it's surreal uh, to think that it's almost 2020. It's <laughs> I mean I mean it's insane. You know, there's nothing you can do about it, and uh, it is what it is. But wow, I I cannot believe that. Isn't that isn't that crazy? <laughs> time time is a funny thing, but it is what it is. I'm just here for the ride, and uh, that's been my prevailing ideology for the last while. Look, I'm just here for the ride. And uh, that's all that it comes down to. So in the last week, I've been focusing on a few a few newsworthy events. And uh, I do have, you know, I do have an interesting little... I'll give a prediction. All right, and we'll go to that in a minute. The main topic of today's program is getting to the question asked uh, last week which was in regards to multiple universes, if you think that they exist, if you think that it's... Uh, even possible or not, and of course there is no sub- substantial proof to either side there, so it's just merely opinion. That's going to be coming up in a little bit. Unfortunately, we, we got a lot of uh, views from the statistics and analytics that I can tell. As a matter of fact, last week's show did better than a bunch of the recent programs, uh, but I didn't get much in the way of emails, so uh, we'll get to that in a minute also. First and foremost, I want to give my prediction. I think so many of us have forgotten about this, and I, I think it's pretty pretty crazy. Tomorrow, Friday, September 20th, 2019, do, do you know what, what that day is supposed to be? Friday the 20th of September. And think back, think back to a couple months ago, what I even did about two, two and a half shows on, and what was being talked about in a media firestorm for what seemed to be a couple weeks, and then it died out. Area 51. The Area 51 raid. Yes, that's that's supposed to be tomorrow, the 20th of September, 2019, where originally it was posted, I believe it was back in July, on Facebook. 
And uh, it was, you know, it was mostly a joke, granted, where this guy said, hey, how about we go uh, raid Area 51 and discover the secrets, yeah, all, the, all the dead aliens that are inside and uh, flying alien spacecraft and so on and so forth. And they said, all right, you know, we'll storm the facility and we're going to do this uh, Naruto or Naruto run. And it's going to dodge all the bullets and we're going to get through. And so obviously it was written and constructed as a joke. But lots and lots of people signed up for it. Over two million people signed up for it. And at the time, there was lots of speculation. Okay, this event was hypothesized and, and proposed back in July. It's two months out. It's for September of 2019. How many people are going to show up? Obviously, about 2 million people said they were going to show up on Facebook. Obviously, that's not going to happen. So people were thinking, oh, oh I think it's going to be tens of thousands. I think it's going to be 50,000. Uh, there was so much speculation, so much discussion. And uh, it was, again, the media firestorm where it got to the point where the U.S. Air Force had issued a warning to everyone saying, you know, look, just don't please don't try and storm this facility, okay? And then I believe the local county government in Nevada there issued a state of emergency expecting massive crowds. And then, uh, like it is nowadays, when you look at the, the mindset of society, when you look at the, the mainstream media, the news cycle, uh, people forget about things a lot quicker than one would expect. You know, it's just so funny how it is where one week something is the talk of the town, and then the next week it's like, huh, what What was that? I don't even remember. It's, it's so funny how it kind of is with our, I don't know if you would even call it a collective conscience, but it is interesting how, how people just seem to so quickly forget certain things. And, and look, sometimes it's for the better. Sometimes we'll have these stupid, idiotic fads that it's like, yeah, right, it was so... It was so cringeworthy, I'm kind of glad that it fell out of out of memory. And then there's other things that it's it's sad. It's like, what a shame that people forgot about it, you know? For instance, you go back to 2012, 2013. You, you know, you remember Coney 2012. That was so big for such a short time. Then it fell through and everyone forgot about it. And then I think it was 2013, the one trend, the Harlem Shake... <laughs> that, that I think that's one of those things that I'm kind of I'm I'm glad everyone forgot about that one to be quite honest that was uh, a very embarrassing one if you ask me. But then you even look at some of the the more recent things that have slipped from memory. You look at everything that happened with Epstein that's gone. You know it's it's done. And then you look at what even happened just a couple days ago. To the Bahamas. Uh, granted, now that's still in the news. You still kind of hear a little bit about it, but not even that much. It's like already people are forgetting about it. And of course, the Bahamas is still at the forefront of my mind because I do. I'm doing a special news broadcast every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday where I kind of record about 20 to 30 minutes of news commentary and broadcast it along with some entertainment programming for listeners in the Bahamas. So I, I do a lot of research about what's going on over there. But it's just interesting how something like that, such a terrible disaster, is already fading from memory pretty quickly. But I digress. Back on subject, yeah, 
I think everyone forgot that the raid on Area 51 existed, that it's, that it's supposed to happen tomorrow. So, I expect... All right, here, here's my prediction. And maybe I'll be wrong, maybe not. Let's, let's find out. I expect that the turnout for the Area 51 raid is probably going to be between 300 uh, to 1,000 people. And that's what I'm going to cap it off as being. Because, and again, I know that the guy who organized this didn't have any, any plans or any, any goal of actually making this happen. I know, as a matter of fact, he even got scared and he pulled his support. He got, he got scared. You know, he didn't want to have this liability weighing down on him like some sort of albatross that just won't go away. But if he really wanted to make this something, I guarantee there's not going to be a lot of people there. There's probably going to be more media and more security personnel than there will be people who actually showed up there. That's my guess. Like, all that's going to be left are the hardcore uh, people and maybe a few, like, Twitch streamers just doing it for the views, and that's it. And the fatal flaw, if he really wanted to make this work, and I know he didn't, but if he really wanted to do something, not that I advocate storming the facility, but let's just say have some sort of gathering there, and I just get it hyped up or whatever, then he should have done it in late July, early August. Uh, because number one, the main demographic of, of people who I think largely shared it and promoted it, etc., and were initially interested in it, are now in school. Uh, be that middle high school or, of course, college, university. So he should have done it earlier when school was out of session. People were more free to travel out there, uh, not necessarily tied down to certain obligations, and could have gone out there. And also, it was just done way too late. And again, people forgot about it already. I think if he had done this at the absolute peak, when this was supposed to be uh, of interest, I think he could have got a solid turnout of maybe... I, I could have easily seen, you know, 10, 15,000 people showing up there. Maybe they could have done, like, a concert or something. I don't know. It's a very inhospitable environment, but I think a lot more people would have shown up. I think, though, we forgot about it, and uh, it's just nothing's really going to come of it. So it's going to be interesting, but that's my prediction. I think it's going to fall flat on its face. And again, I'm glad that no one's going to raid this facility. I, at least, I certainly hope not, uh, because I think whether there is any sort of extraterrestrial technology in there or not, and I lean on the side of there not being any, but I don't know what's in there. I imagine that it's probably top-secret technology uh, assets for probably our intelligence agencies, maybe the Air Force, that for the sake of national security need to be in there and need to be under lock and key. Otherwise, there's bad people that'll probably take some of these things and use it against all of us. We don't want to see that happen. Now, before I get on to my other topics, I do want to give a huge shout-out to a new advertiser we have on board here at VORW. Uh, like I say in the past, I don't want to make this show reliant on YouTube ads because the, the monetization gods are not very kind to VORW Radio International, and the consistency of donations is always so-so. So another good way to support the program is to advertise on it. I'd like to welcome our newest advertiser, Studio Shepin, 
take a listen and check them out. Studio Shepin is a becoming comic book creator and storybook illustrator, and he's looking to work with any VORW listeners out there. Shepin offers a variety of freelance artwork, from digital or traditional paintings, to handmade, customized stickers, to storybook and comic book illustrations. Whether you want to take your idea to a publisher, or have something fun to share among friends and family, he'll be happy to work with you to make your idea take form. For creative types out there seeking casual and friendly experience in putting together a short story or short comic book, Shepin is the artist for you. If you're interested, you can contact Shepin and browse his artwork on his home website, studioshepin.com. There you will find links to his other platforms, such as Instagram and Patreon, his commission menu for a quick price guide, and you'll also be able to browse his short and sweet collection of comic books that he's written and illustrated himself. Once again, that's studioshepin.com, spelled S-T-U-D-I-O-S-C-H-E-P-P-E-N.com, studioshepin.com. And again, if you are interested in advertising, I'll set you up with rates and all that good stuff. Uh, send me an email inquiring at v-o-r-w-i-n-f-o at gmail.com. And if you'd like to donate and support this broadcast, do so via PayPal to v-o-r-w-i-n-f-o at gmail.com or via Patreon at patreon.com slash the report of the week. Short and sweet, but you gotta let people know that it exists. Now, going over to two other things in the news that are interesting, anyway, it's, it's, it's been of interest to me. I always enjoy following the conflicts uh, going on in the Middle East. It's just always been of interest to me. Uh, the Syrian civil war, uh, the conflict, of course, in Afghanistan, Iraq, the Yemen civil war, and all of the regional tensions. It's, just, so it's always of interest for me to research it, uh, to follow it, because it's so many of these conflicts are so it's it's not straightforward. There's so many sides. There's so many ideologies. It's not very clear cut. You have to do a lot of research into it. Um, but it's always it's it's always very interesting to me. All of this geopolitical ongoings are just fascinating. And I think a lot of people have seen in the news this week the attack in Saudi Arabia. And it's absolutely fascinating how it is. There's so much speculation ongoing as to who may have perpetrated it. Of course, right now, everyone is kind of thinking it was Iran, though there's still various theories out there that maybe are pointing to other regional powers, or even saying that it was intentionally set up and and so on and so forth, Uh, though I do feel that it was most likely Iran who were responsible for it. But it's fascinating because it was this major attack on one of the largest, I think if not the largest, refinery in Saudi Arabia, which of course is known for its production of oil. And this happened over the weekend. All of these explosions and massive fires were reported at this oil refinery and, and production facility. Now, of course, a lot of people thought at first it was from Yemen, 
because you have the Houthi rebels in Yemen that, let's just say, they don't like Saudi Arabia very much. And on occasion, they will launch some ballistic missiles or some drones from the south and try and target these facilities in Saudi Arabia to do them damage. And it was they who first claimed responsibility for it. But then some inconsistencies emerged. Uh, It wasn't necessarily in line with what the Houthi rebels in Yemen are usually capable of. For instance, if they want to attack Saudi Arabia, they'll, all right, we'll launch two ballistic missiles, and they'll usually miss the target. They'll land in the open desert two miles away from the production facility or something like that. Whereas this was a highly organized attack, extremely effective, everything hit the target, and there were about 18 strikes or so which is a lot more than what you usually get from these Houthi rebels, and the precision was something that just was not seen before. So already that was a little odd. It was like, well, this type of attack just doesn't match up with who is claiming responsibility for it. And then reports started surfacing from Kuwait that people were seeing these objects coming in, not from the south, but from the north, possibly from the direction of Iraq, which right there, that completely dismisses that it came from Yemen because it would be coming from the wrong direction. And then further still, it's being reported that, wait a minute, all right, everyone thought these were drones that attacked, but now it's being reported that these were cruise missiles, which makes more sense. Uh, Again, considering the precision and the accuracy uh, compared to just especially, you know, more uh, unsophisticated drones, you know, not predator drones or anything, but just these uh, remote flying apparatuses with a little bomb strapped to them, right? The precision of this attack, it makes more sense if it were missiles. But then, of course, the question comes about, well, if it wasn't Yemen then, even though they claimed responsibility and no one, no one else did, then who was it? And all eyes turn to Iran. Now, Iran doesn't claim responsibility. They're kind of saying, no, it wasn't us. I don't want to talk about it. Not interested. You know, they're kind of brushing it off. But that's where things stand. Obviously, the relations between Iran and Saudi Arabia have not been good. And the relations between the U.S. and Iran aren't good either. And with all of the the escalation that happened about two months ago in the Strait of Hormuz with the tanker attacks and the alleged drone that was shot down there. This definitely has a lot of people worried, kind of looking, well, what next? Is there going to be a regional war? Uh, Do you think the U.S. and Iran will go to war? And lots of people are kind of biting their nails just nervously looking at this situation for developments, also looking at the price of oil, seeing what's going to happen with that. So it's definitely a developing situation that if you're interested in this, uh, keep your eyes on it, and I think it's gonna, there's going to be some developments. Me, personally, I don't think that there's going to be a war between the U.S. and Iran over this. I, I just I don't see that happening. And if it does, God help us, because it's going to be a bloodbath for, for everyone involved. Will there be any retaliatory measures from Saudi Arabia? Uh, again, I don't, I don't necessarily think so. 
you know, Iran has its reasons to do this, but I think in the end, no one really wants a large-scale war between Iran and anyone else who, who goes up against them. Because either way, regardless of who wins or loses, there would just be a lot of damage and destruction to all parties involved. And, I, you know, I think and no one wants to do this. I certainly don't want to see that happen, because in the end, with, with many wars, there's, there's no true winners, especially all the innocent civilians involved that get dragged into this and caught up in it, have their lives inexorably changed. I don't want to see that, that happen. But it's something to watch, and just some major current events that are developing. Of course, if you are an investor as well, uh, the price of oil is an interesting thing to follow at that. So that's what's going on. I just wanted to keep everyone updated with uh, some ongoings in the world, as I like to. I always like kind of sharing my views on this stuff, uh, just like when there was the crisis in Venezuela that was going on, uh, the escalation in the Libyan civil war, uh, the Jammu and Kashmir conflicts, and everything in between. I always like dedicating some time to ongoing international concerns. You are listening to VORW Radio International. Again, I wanted to take some more time than usual at the beginning of this program to just discuss miscellaneous things, because like I said, though the statistics for the last show were really impressive, uh, there wasn't much in the way of feedback, so I don't really have too much to share in regards to the universe's question, though I will definitely put a timestamp once I get this uploaded so people can find that a little easier if that's all that they want to hear. Uh, but again, not too much in the way of response, which is understood, though. Some topics definitely elicit far more feedback than others do. That's totally understandable. Speaking of, the topic for the next show is open lines. I'm just going to be opening up the lines, the metaphorical lines anyway, and as I enjoy doing here and there, there is no set topic uh, so feel free to send in an email with anything you want to talk about. Any questions that you have, any current events that you want to share with me, any news articles, or if there's any miscellaneous things that you learned or read recently or watched that you want to share with the world, uh, go ahead and go for it. So lines are open. Anything that you want to talk about, anything you want to discuss, any topics you want to hear me go over, any questions that you have for me or the viewing audience, go ahead and send me an email to v-o-r-w-i-n-f-o at gmail.com. That's v-o-r-w-i-n-f-o at gmail.com. Again, it can be about anything. It could be society, it could be about philosophy, conspiracies, cryptids. Uh, go ahead, about Area 51, about Iran, anything and everything. All is welcome v-o-r-w-i-n-f-o at gmail.com. Feel free to type it up as a written response or take to the microphone any audio recording device, any audio format you wish, and uh, just say it out loud, record it, and send me the audio file. So everything is most welcome there. And uh, we're going to have a good, diverse program for you next week. And otherwise, on one other note... I'm just going to be making a few adjustments at the end of the month with the radio broadcasts. Uh, like I said, I added three hours of programming, uh, unique programming, every week to the Bahamas. 
I do intend to keep this going at least for another month, maybe permanently, uh, because the response for it has just been so excellent. It's not only reaching the Bahamas with a great signal, I've gotten reports direct from the source there, uh, but also many new listeners, even uh, around Florida and the United States, uh, who are able to pick up the signal too. Uh, But as a result, in order to keep that going, I am going to be managing around some of the other airtime that just isn't really listened to as much. Uh, So very likely, at the end of the month, I'm probably going to cancel uh, the 9 a.m. broadcast on 15770 kilohertz to Europe every Thursday, because again, that doesn't get much in the way of listenership. And I'm probably also going to cancel the 8 p.m. broadcast on WBCQ, uh, which goes out on TuneIn and 7490 kilohertz. I'm probably going to cancel that as well and just repurpose the funds that would go to that in order to keep these new broadcasts going, because I just I feel that they're more effective, that they have a better coverage area and reach a better audience, and those who would be impacted still have other means to tune in. And also in regards to AM radio, uh, I am working on getting on an additional AM station. I'm trying to get on 1490 AM for the Knoxville, Tennessee area, so I'll keep you posted there. Uh, that will mostly be for local coverage. Uh, because there's lots of stations on that frequency, so this is mostly going to be for listeners in Knoxville, Tennessee, Uh, but 1300 AM in Nashville really covers the southeastern U.S. uh, in general. So with that, that's what we have in the way of updates, and now let's go over to your feedback on the universe or universes. This is VORW International. So as we enter the second half of the broadcast, we're just going to be getting to your comments and your feedback on the topic at hand. Uh, It's interesting. One thing, I think I say this before, so sometimes it's just a given thing. I will record these segments of the show. Sometimes I'll do it in just one long take. Sometimes I will take a little bit of a break and so on. I don't know what happened. I kind of noticed this as I was starting off things, but it's really evident now. (laughs) You ever sometimes just... You injure yourself in one way or another, and you have no idea what happened or how. Like, sometimes it's like, all right, yeah, I know, I I, uh, stepped the wrong way, or I was playing some sort of sports, and this happened, right? Or that happened, I was careless, and uh, I got this injury. Sometimes you wake up and it's like, how on earth did this even transpire? How did this even happen? I still don't know what happened. My my index finger on my left hand, like, I would imagine it must have got jammed or something. I have, I have no clue. You know, there's no pain. There's no, um, you know, visible stress. Yet I can't really do things properly with it anymore. It's the weirdest thing. And, uh, I mean, maybe it could also be, I don't know, carpal tunnel, perhaps. Some sort of numbness, but I have a feeling I just, I somehow jammed it. How that happened, how on earth it did, I have no clue. But, either way, it's just a little frustrating, because now when I try and type something, I'm more prone to making many, many misspellings, because it's just, it's, I like to go at a fast pace, and then when that finger is kind of out of commission, it messes with that, so... Yeah, in due time, it'll be all right, but it's one of those weird things. I was trying to think, like, how did this even happen? <laughs> I, I just draw a blank. I have no clue. 
All right, so anyway, getting over to your correspondence now. It's mostly written correspondence for this show. We have two audio recordings, uh, but like I said, most material is written. Your thoughts on the universe, the universes, parallel universes. We go over to Philip in Michigan. Personally, I believe that almost like rows of bubbles, there are indeed multiple universes, but they aren't the way people might think. Each of these universes could harbor their own set of physics, both classical and atomic. Many might believe that what separates universes is time, and that a universe is created for every possible result for every possible event. While this is valid, I had always thought that only space separates these universes, and the most common idea of a generic universe is one we can barely understand, meaning... If you were to put your hand in a bag of universes and pull one out, it is way more likely that you would see an empty void where the perfect combination of physical properties did not happen to advance to stars, life, or even elements themselves. And to say that they are all separated by changes over time would be false, because not only is time not a linear thing, meaning time doesn't run the same throughout the cosmos, but time may exist only in a few universes, which sounds weird at first, but really time is no different than gravity or space itself. Perhaps, for people who are interested in simulation, the multiverse is some kind of machine that is built to produce life, generating millions of possible universes in order to create one where the conditions are perfect for life, However, I don't think we're that important. Thank you, Philip. Uh, Time is definitely one of those factors that even I will wonder about sometimes because our understanding of time is... And granted, time is so important to pretty much our entire understanding of mathematics and science. And if this concept of time that we have is completely wrong, that would be... Oh boy, that would be a major complication in many, many, many things. But sometimes I do wonder, I do think to myself, well, what if we put time on this level that it is almost something that can't be changed, that it just is what it is? But like you said, what if it's possible to have universes where time doesn't even exist? I mean, who is to say, right? Thank you, Philip, for your thoughts there. Let's go over to Tobias in the UK. He said, I am a master's student in theoretical physics with mathematics, and although this topic is not directly related to my area, I enjoy reading about it. He said, in questioning whether multiple universes can exist, I think it's interesting to discuss what parameters they may have. Uh, What do I mean by this? Well, in our universe, there are a collection of so-called fundamental physical constants which are essentially numbers which remain fixed throughout all of space and time. Some examples being the speed of light in a vacuum, the strength of the nuclear force, which holds the nucleus of atoms together, the gravitational constant related to the strength of gravitational attraction between objects, the cosmological constant related to how energy is scattered in space, the fine structure constant related to electromagnetism. 
If some of these constants were different, the universe as we know it today would certainly not look familiar. For example, in the nucleus of atoms, there exists a somewhat delicate balance between the nuclear force, which attracts components of the nucleus together, and the electromagnetic repulsion, which wants to push them apart. If the nuclear force were weaker, then no atoms would be able to form. If it were stronger, then a whole different type of matter altogether could exist. Another example, if gravity was weaker than what it currently is, then stars would take longer to form, and if it was too weak, there would be none at all, uh, as there may not be enough pressure for fusion to occur. The universe would be a much darker place for sure. And a last example, if the ratio of the fine structure constant to the strength of gravity were significantly smaller, then Martin Rees argues that the universe would be short-lived, and all of these scenarios would be a shame for us, since in one way or another it would mean no VORW. So when questioning whether multiple universes can exist, you could also question whether the physical constants of our universe would be the same in these other universes. I personally think it's rather fun to imagine if there do exist other universes, then each would have a slightly different value, which could lead to some universes being completely boring and uneventful, whilst others would be completely wild with lots of activity. Although this is not based on any rigorous reasoning, just fun speculation. Thank you to Tobias in the UK. Great to hear from you. Let's go over to Ryan, who submits his audio feedback. Howdy, review bra. This is Ryan from Texas. I'm a relatively new listener to the program. I've only been here since before the before year 51. And yeah, this is, of course, my first correspondence. Um, you asked about the existence of multiple universes. Awesome question, by the way. I really love these theoretical topics. Um, my thoughts are a little weirder than most, though. See, I think writing it off completely is the wrong thing to do. I mean, at first, all we knew about the Earth was just the Earth, and thinking of anything past that was insane. Then we understood our solar system, and anything past that was insane. Then the galaxy, and then later other galaxies, and then galaxy clusters, and lastly the universe. We keep finding new ways to expand our horizons, so it's certainly possible that a universe beyond our own exists. However, it's my personal gut feeling that it probably isn't the case. Basically, if you look at it into what space-time is, and Einstein's theories on it, it seems that it's some sort of fabric that is a latent and extant uh, thing that makes up the entirety of space. All those empty parts between planets and what we kind of think of as like a void, according to him, it's probably devoid of matter, but like the fabric of the universe is still there. It's not completely empty. And we call it a fabric because really that's all that we can sort of relate it to. Some kind of endless, three-dimensional, bendable, stretchable makeup that like all matter and energy sit upon. Although it's completely my opinion, as we have no precedent and not really a lot of knowledge on space-time, to me it seems unlikely that multiples of it would exist. When talking about alternate universes, a lot of time those universes having different laws of physics is brought up, and that would require those universes to have their own separate and totally different space-time fabrics. Which is certainly possible, like I said, we have no 
idea about space-time in the grand scheme of things, but it seems more likely that there is one that everything sits on. I do, however, propose, this is my opinion, that there could have been, and currently is, more than one singularity. You know the singularity of all matter that existed before the Big Bang, that we think expanded? Well, it doesn't really make sense to me that all of existence was held in just one. Especially when you look at every other instance of existence that we have observed. Like, things in the universe tend to be spherical because of gravity, you know. Like atoms, planets, solar systems, and the whole observable universe. And there's always so many of those little spheres making up groups. To me, it would make a lot more sense that there wasn't just one singularity, but a whole bunch of them. Some may have big-banged before ours, some at the same time, some after, or maybe even some have yet to do so. My theory is that many of these singularities exist, but within like the same plane of existence, the same space-time. So there's probably other quote-unquote universes, but not not in the way that like you go to a portal and go into like a separate existence. It's still on our existence, and... Uh, the only way we would get there would be either traveling a really, really, really far distance, way past the observable universe, way past the actual universe, and into those other ones, or like a wormhole or something. Um, there's probably... That's really all I can say about it. That's just my opinion, though. I mean, it's based on primarily nothing with just a little bit of my own intuition. Thanks for your time, and sorry for being so long-winded. And thank you so much, Ryan, for your thoughts. It was great to hear. And we got one more recording coming in from Eric. Thank you, Eric. Let's hear your thoughts. Hey, John. This is Eric from Winter Park again. Uh, Thanks for playing me last week, by the way. It really made my day. Boy, I sure sounded nervous. (laughs) Anyways, uh, for the question this week, uh, you asked whether or not uh, people believe there are alternate realities, you know, parallel universes. And, um... I mean, obviously, yeah, we don't know. Um, I haven't really done a whole lot of, like, casual research myself on it. I mean, I did years ago, and I remember seeing something about how, you know, alternate reality or parallel universes could um, kind of explain a couple of uh, anomalies in our, you know, everyday life, uh, such as, like, the Mandela effect, uh, you know, or deja vu. Um, and I guess the, the, the idea was that, uh, you know, yes, there's an alternate reality and uh, that means there's an alternate version of each and every one of us. And somehow we might be accessing that person's memories, you know, and that would, you know, explain the Mandela effect or deja vu, really. Um, I mean, I haven't done any research on it, you know, in year. Like I said, I, I did this, looked this up probably one night 10 years ago and, uh, you know, I really haven't looked at it since. <laughs> May have to do some more research on this. Um, thanks, John. And thank you for your thoughts, Eric. Uh, interesting. I, I, I have heard that some people will actually try and explain the concept of the Mandela effect and deja vu, like you said, on the possibility of that perhaps crossover between those other universes. So thank you, Eric. Great to have you on the show once again. Going over to Joanne in San Diego, California. She had a short comment. She said, my only comment on this topic is that life may not be something familiar or detectable to a human being. It might not be carbon or cell-based. might be something too small to be detected millions of light-years away. I suppose as infinitely large as the universe is, odds are there's something somewhere, but I have doubts we will ever know about it. Yeah, when it, when it comes down to life, 
like you said, it could be... I mean, I I truly believe the universe is likely teeming with life, though wouldn't it, it would be crazy if, uh, if we were the only life out there. Then as a result, then you really need to start examining Earth and all of, all of that. Uh, but absolutely, I mean, also, we, we judge life by the carbon-based organisms, but who's to say what's really out there? Going over to Fabrizio in Brazil, I do not think there are multiple universes or alternate universes at all. These are ideas brought up by the sci-fi literature and branches of philosophy which operate on subjectivity, and I think we need to be careful with subjective thinking because too much of it may increase our levels of anxiety, stress, and self-doubt. Thank you for your thoughts, Fabrizio. And Olaf in Sweden says, While I do not believe there are parallel universes, I do believe there are many more dimensions in this universe than the three that are possible for us to experience. And I think there's a possibility that the atoms in our body, and maybe even our consciousness, is connected to the rest of the universe through these higher dimensions. I know this might sound like some New Age junk, but I honestly wouldn't be surprised if it were true. And thank you very much for your thoughts there. And when it comes down to dimensions, who is to say? I've always... I've always done a lot of thinking about the fourth dimension. Thinking to myself... You know, it, it's kind of creepy to think, like, what if there are beings in the 4D world that they're just constantly watching us and constantly observing us, and we will never know, right? Isn't that, isn't that a crazy... Crazy thought, but who knows? Who's to say? Matthias in the Netherlands said, My personal gut feeling tells me that one universe is enough. However, I am familiar with the multiverse theory. You've probably heard it from popular science media, or from a science-oriented person trying to impress you in a bar. I'm not a scientist, but I will give you my best attempt at a summary. The multiverse theory is a way in which physicists rationalize a deterministic view of the universe uh, with the probabilistic nature of quantum mechanics. Therefore, they hypothesize that with every minuscule quantum interaction, a new parallel universe splits off for every alternative outcome. I wonder what multiverse theory would mean in terms of our system of basic reasoning. What I mean by that is, we organize our decisions based on what we believe to be good or bad. However, if a bad decision merely spawns an alternate universe in which you made the good decision, then what implications does that have for your personal sense of morality and your decision-making process? Are the other yous really you? And are they and their worlds more or less important than you? That's from Matthias in the Netherlands. Thank you. And I've, I've, I've definitely I've heard of that one theory there where it essentially just says, look, if you make a decision, there will be, it'll be like a fork in the road, and there's going to be another universe that's going to branch out and be created because you made a different choice. For instance, let's say you want to go down to, uh, you're thinking about going over to Starbucks and getting some coffee. You decide against it. You say, well, no, I'm not going to. You were really thinking about it, but you decided against it. You're going to stay in, and you're just going to make your own coffee. Uh, 
there will be a universe that'll split out where you do go out and you do go over to Starbucks and you get the coffee. And maybe it's inconsequential. Maybe when you go out and you're on your way to Starbucks, you get hit by a car and that's it, right? Who's to say? But that also just gets more into philosophy and just a general decision-making process and choices and all that stuff. Now, like I said, we didn't get much correspondence for this one, so now we'll go over to Tony, and uh, she has the final piece of correspondence. She says, I don't personally know enough of the science or mathematics to give a strong personal belief on the possibility of the existence of a multiverse. I do know that there are several prominent physicists out there that are leaning that way, heavily such as Leonard Susskind, Neil deGrasse Tyson, Brian Greene, and Stephen Hawking. The fact that Stephen Hawking's last published paper was based on a multiverse theory. It's hard for me to ignore that so many great minds have spent so many years doing the math and are going on a completely dead-end trail. One thing that concerns me If you really delve into the theory and stop there, while it might conventionally explain some of the math and other unexplainable phenomenon, such as dark matter, it's a theory that is very likely impossible to ever observe or prove, so I have to ask myself, if we can't prove the multiverse exists, or prove that it doesn't exist, why should I believe it? Some scientists think that believing in a multiverse is more akin to believing a religion than it is science. Oftentimes, scientists will say something exists if it's useful to describe observations, but many scientists think that the multiverse is an unnecessary assumption. One thing that has always boggled my mind is how perfect of a world we live in. If there is only one thing that was slightly off, humans couldn't exist. I read a great book a while back by Isaac Asimov titled Extraterrestrial Civilizations, and he delves into that pretty deep. It's off-topic, but he also delves into the likelihood of other intelligent life that might exist out there using his own Drake equation, and mathematically speaking, it's incredibly unlikely that we are alone in our Milky Way galaxy, let alone the universe. According to Stephen Hawking's multi-universe theory, he says that there are an infinite number of other universes out there, all ranging from being slightly different to extremely different with every possible outcome, that somewhere out there I and everyone else have an exact copy of ourselves living life in a different way, and every way, for a matter of fact. I think an equally important question to ask is, Would I want to live in a multiverse? Based off what I know, which I admit is minimal, I do like the idea of a multi-universe. It makes me feel less alone. I currently do not participate in any sort of organized religion, and I do sometimes feel alone. Knowing that I have several twins out there is pretty cool, I think, as long as I don't think about the bad ones. It also gives a new meaning to the statement You can do anything because technically I am. So, do I believe in a multi-universe? I have no freaking clue. That was from Tony. Thank you so much for your well-written correspondence. Great to hear from you. And with that, that's all that I have for today's broadcast. Like I said, the feedback was a little low, but I read what I could read, and that's what it comes down to. Well, again, the feedback 
topic, or just a topic in general, for next week's show is open lines. If there's anything you want to talk about, go for it. You can talk about TVs, light switches, uh, index fingers, Hurricane Jerry over in the Atlantic there, shortwave conspiracies, the Area 51 raid, or anything in between. Send an email. I encourage it. Go for it. V-O-R-W-I-N-F-O at gmail.com. That's V-O-R-W-I-N-F-O at gmail.com. As always, consider advertising on VORW. If you're interested, send me the email to VORWINFO at gmail.com. And likewise, I haven't peddled this for a while, so I'll go for it now. Uh, Consider getting a shortwave radio. Look into it. Research the medium. See what it has to offer. I recommend getting one. Very, very important in a disaster situation where everything else is knocked out. Hey, it's something to consider anyway, and, you know, if you have any questions about it, send an email, and I'm always happy to help uh, interested listeners out. So with that, thank you for listening, and take care. I'll see you next week. This is VORW.